Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And we made it all the way through draft season. Austin, are you excited to never talk about rookies again? Well, no, you're making me do it tonight. I thought I was done. Exactly. I, w- I went on a show, what was it, Tuesday night, I guess. And we did like a little game show, and then I was done, and I was like, yes, I'm done talking about this stupid, terrible rookie class. And then you dropped this bomb on me tonight, like I mean, two we, minutes before show here. We got to do it. We got to do it. We got to give the people what they want. People want rookie content right now. Can't they, the last time we'll to, can't they just listen to the roundtable? They can listen to the roundtable. The roundtable, um, they, Matt uh, Bruning, Matt Fox, Dennis Bennett, uh, they all are great over there. Um, you obviously just didn't listen to this week's episodes because Dennis was not on it. <laughs> oh, wasn't he? No. <laughs> no. I did not listen. I'm behind on the podcasts. Oh, week. I guess I'm calling you Alfred. I'm behind on the podcasts this week. Uh, anyway. What what um, else has been going on that you haven't you haven't had the time, Colin? I'm building a, building a model. <laughs> it's still so funny every time you say that. I sorry. know, I know. No, it's fine. It's, it's hilarious to me too. Uh, I got inspired, and I want to. I want to see how this works out. I'm a data guy now. Hashtag, well. hashtag data guy. Um, all right. Well, we will dive right into this here. Uh, before we do, uh, it is May fifth. Devi guide is going to be coming out on June first. What they say. That's what we're aiming for right now. Uh, we are going to get pre-orders up here in probably the next week or so. If you would like to pre-order that, uh, but it'll be released on the first It'll be $20, uh, separately, or it will come with your membership. If you are a yearly NIL member, so sign up for that today. Um, keep an eye out for when we drop the, uh, the, the teaser that we were taking pre-orders. Uh, this podcast is part of the fantasy points media group, along with a ton of other great pods, uh, we're not going to name all of them here, but you can find them all on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points media group. Uh, we got two quick news items here to hit before we get into some rookie talk, uh, but they both happened on the night of the draft. First one, kind of a stunner here. Uh, AJ Brown traded to the Eagles. Um, I mean, AJ Brown, a little bit disgruntled. The Eagles have kind of been looking for a receiver. What are your thoughts here on the, on in this for AJ Brown? Well, rightfully disgruntled, right? When it came out to the offer that they gave him, like, yeah, <laughs> he handled it better than I would have. Um, sixteen million dollars. When you see some of these other offers that are floating around, it's just like ridiculous. That's terrible. And he got twenty five million from the Eagles. So even if you think that's you know a little much. Uh, you know, the, as people argue, and I think this is a bad argument, you know, a deal is never really too much because the cap goes up every year and then it looks really good in two years. And that's like the stupidest thing anyone ever says. But um, alas, 25-16, big gap. I don't think this has any impact on HEB, though. He, at least not a negative one. I mean, he's always been a lower volume guy because he's been in a low passing volume offense um, with a quarterback who... You know, Tannehill's not bad, and actually he's been pretty efficient for a couple years. I think people have already forgotten that because he wasn't stellar in 2021. Um, But, like, it's not like he's been in this high-powered offense and he's still only getting, like, barely 100 targets. So I think going to the Eagles, I don't think the volume's going to suffer at all, and he's excelled on low volume uh, throughout his entire career so far. So I don't expect to see much of a dip in production. It's just the question for him is always, like, 
is he going to stay healthy? And if he does, then I you just pencil him in for whatever he's done. Uber efficient. Um, and, you know, it, I think the situation could even get a lot better because, they, you know, if Jalen Hurts does not improve significantly this year, there will be a different quarterback starting for the Philadelphia Eagles on starting day 2023. Like, I think that's just a fact at this point. So if, if Hurts isn't great, then we could see the situation improve with their two picks. They can use to trade up and go get their guy. Yeah. Will Levis. No. Oh. Woo. oh man, I was about to say something, and then you just you just side, side blinded me with that one. Um, no, so I, I completely agree with with your take on AJ Brown. There it doesn't really impact him at all for me. It's basically just like you said, take him from one low volume passing attack with a eh quarterback and put him in another offense with a low volume passing attack and an eh quarterback um so i think yeah you can pencil him in for pretty much the production that you saw from him last year provided he stays healthy uh he's still a a top wide receiver in this league and finally getting paid like it like you said it was a little disrespectful the offer that the titans gave him um bigger question though impact here on devonta smith he's a guy that everybody was kind of starting to to come around on a little bit here uh you know everybody was saying that you know solid rookie year he's going to be the guy this year limited target competition now he's a lot of target competition number two wide receiver in that offense here uh does this drop devonta for you it's really tough to say and um full disclosure i don't rank nfl dynasty rankings for us anymore on campus of canton and i don't even really have like official rankings at this point myself i kind of just you know eyeball stuff um so in terms of like actually you know like physically dropping a devonta smith kind of guy no but i think this was always kind of a possibility with him um and always a possibility like that, that team did not yet pass catchers i don't really know what you wanted them to do they have him and they have dallas goddard and then uh nothing jalen rager so, slander is just egregious i'm so sorry uh, Mr. Rieger. Um, he's been a long time listener to this show. Um, so like, I, I don't think this should be shocking. It's probably a little better of a player than I would have expected to come in. Um, I don't like, I, I didn't have Devonta ranked that high. I think I had him. I had to go back and look at what my ranks were like months and months and months ago, but I can't imagine inside my for I still think it's probably the spot I'd put him in just outside that top 24. I think he can certainly have seasons where he cracks into the wide receiver too. Just don't see that high, high, high upside there. Unless, you know, maybe all bets are off the table if they get CJ Stroud next year or something crazy like that. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Or Will Levis. Um, Yeah, it drops Devonta for me. Um, You know, not not too far, but just in the sheer volume that he's going to see, you know, this is obviously a better wide receiver than we were expecting them to bring in. You know, people were kind of mocking a wide receiver to them in the draft. And if that was the way it broke down, uh, you know, I, I think his volume would have been mostly safe. You, you know, the only other guy that the only other big name guy that you were really worried about was like Debo or somebody like that, that was out there um, once he dodged all the bullets in free agency. But this bullet, uh, this bullet got him. He, he caught he caught one on this one, so he, he's going to drop a little bit in my rankings. Um, moving over to the Tennessee side of things, though, they trade they basically trade 
AJ Brown for Traylon Burks. Um, we won't ask your thoughts. We won't ask you to dive in and dissect the trade side of things, but Traylon Burks, is he stepping in as the wide receiver one for Tennessee from day one here? Probably. No Julio, no AJ Brown, obviously. Uh, Robert Woods be there, but coming off the, the injury, he probably should be healthy. Will he be full speed? He's 31 or 32 now, I believe. So, um, you know, not as young and spry as he once was. I think he has a chance to be. And I think, I think the implication of trading, <laughs> trading your star receiver who's comped similarly to this guy for this pick to take this guy. Like, I think, I think all the signs point to yes. Now, again, we just talked about with AJB, like it's a low volume offense. I can't imagine that will change even if uh, in two years Ryan Tannehill's gone and, and and they give Malik Willis a chance at this job. Um, I don't know that the, the, the offense becomes more pass heavy at that point. It, it probably doesn't. So um, I think you're, you're, you're hoping that he is as efficient as AJ Brown was. And I think he can do it. But I think it's a big ask, and I think it's a big ask for him to do it as a rookie right away. So I think he leads them, but is he going to be like a guy that, you know, I play one redraft league with my guy, my buddies from high school. Would I take him in a redraft league this year? Absolutely not. Would I be too worried about taking him in a dynasty league, though, where obviously, like, is you know, the campus can't cast. I, I have a lot of him. It, it's I'm not selling him uh, based on the information that we have. Yeah, again. I agree with you there. Um, I think he's going to be the wide receiver one this year for that offense. But like you said, low volume offense. Uh, I think he's the type of guy who can be uber efficient, kind of like AJ Brown was. Um, but I think he's a little bit raw, uh, at least for you know from a, t- a technical side of things. And you know they'll they'll do their best to get his ball the ball into his hands in space and kind of let him be dynamic. And I think that'll be a good thing. But he's going to be kind of spotty. Um, you know, week in, week out, not somebody you want to trust on a weekly basis. Uh, I still have him ranked pretty highly in my rookie rankings here, which we will get into a little bit later. Um, so I'm not worried about him long term. But like you said, I'm not really going to take him in, in redrafts. Uh, I think he'll have a nice year this year, but, you know, not somebody that I'm going to be comfortable starting every week, like I said. Uh, next bit of news here was also a draft day trade. Uh, the Ravens trade Marquise Hollywood Brown to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Arizona lost Christian Kirk in the offseason. Um, DeAndre Hopkins was also suspended six games here for violating the PED policy. It does not sound like he's going to appeal. Um, so how does this impact Hollywood for you here? Is he going to step into the wide receiver two role now, obviously, he'll be the probably be the lead wide receiver while Hopkins is out. But uh, do you think he keeps that number two role once he's back? Is that going to be a productive role? Yeah, why not? Um, for the first, you know, eight games of the year when Kyler is still healthy, I think that can be a pretty nice relationship. They play together in college. They really like each other. Uh, this strikes me as more of a move to keep Kyler happy. Um Maybe it'll knock a few mil off whatever he's asking. <laughs> um, I don't think he can take Hollywood with him to the A's, so maybe, maybe that that's their strategy to keep him here. Um, do we? Be, I mean, I, I think we expect like similar production for him there that we had in Baltimore. I guess this is another one where it's not like 
the situation improves that much, the quarterback play stays fairly consistent. Like the surrounding cast while Hopkins is out is pretty similar, more or less. I mean, maybe you take Bateman over those other guys, but like not by a, a ton. Um, so I think it's we're just gonna see basically the same the same thing. Um, with him him working deep and and green and and more and whoever else uh you're kind of you know filling in the other gaps yeah yeah i mean i like you said i, I think this is gonna keep his number i think his numbers are going to be consistent i think what you were expecting from him from baltimore he's going to be able to put up in arizona i think to start the year though while hopkins is suspended i think he's going to get off to a hot streak uh because he's the most proven, most productive. Well, AJ Green's in that room, but he's kind of the husk of AJ Green at this point. Um, but he's probably the, you know, he's the most proven guy in that room outside of AJ Green. So I think he's going to have an early season impact. And then you'll see him start to fade off towards the end of the year once Hopkins comes back. So it's going to create probably a sell window that I'm going to be looking at at that point. Um, but I think he'll be productive overall. Uh, Rondo Moore is a guy that you and I were both high on coming out. Uh, he had some flashes this past year. Um, I've seen a lot of people say that this is kind of a death knell for, for Rondale, or this is a big stock down. Do you, are you, are you one of those people? Do you agree with that? You want to push back on that at all? Uh, it probably is a slight stock down for him. Um, but they're also just like very different roles. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think it's the best the best way I can. I, I mean, I I don't have a strong feeling either way. I mean, yes, anytime you're bringing in another guy that's going to command 80 plus targets, I think it's not necessarily a great thing for a, a, you hoping a young wide receiver would break out. Um, but Hopkins is getting older. You know, Green, this is almost assuredly his last year there. They did just resign Ertz, but like again, you know, tight end wide receiver. So I, yeah, it probably isn't great for him, but I don't think it's like a, uh, you know, a death sentence for Rondale Moore either. Yeah, I don't really think this impacts Rondale that much. I, like you said, they're very, they're just very different players. Um, Rondale operates a lot at the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, they use him a lot in some manufactured manufactured touches. Hollywood might get some of those, but he's mostly going to be used further down the field. So I think Rondale's fine. Um, like you said, it's, it is, it, it's not great in that they're just adding another guy who's going to command like 80 plus targets. Like you said, but I still have hope for Rondale. You know, I, I think that he's the way that they're going to use him. Uh, I, I think Chase Edmonds leaving is going to open up more for Rondale. Um, they use Chase Edmonds a lot as a receiving back. And I think that they'll use Rondale kind of, you know, to take up some of that type of volume. They probably won't use him out of the backfield, but they'll use him on short stuff, screens, things like that. So I think this is pretty much status quo for me on Rondale. Yeah. I mean, what else can you really do? Um, it's, it, I don't even know what Arizona is doing as a whole right now. Yeah. It's, it's rudderless ship. Yeah, I agree there. Um, last one, uh, Rashad Bateman. Obviously, pretty clear wide receiver one now in uh, Baltimore. He's still going to have Mark Andrews competing for competition there for targets, but is stock up for Bateman here? Um, is it a stock up for Bateman? You know, that's such a good question. Um, maybe. 
Probably, yeah. I mean, he's going to be the guy there. They don't have anything else. I mean, the Mark Andrews. Um, and it was what I think eleventh. They were eleventh in the league in terms of like pure per game passing volume last year. So someone's got to catch it. Probably going to be Bateman. Probably stock up for him. I still think asking him to be well, he could be a fringe wide receiver one, depending on how the season plays out. Lamar stay, they just Lamar stay healthy the whole year. Uh, do they go back to committing to running the ball a little heavier? Because they were trailing a little bit more last year, and I think they probably would have liked. And they did beef up. They I mean got a center in the first round, beefed up the defense pretty well. So, are they in a position to maybe run the ball a little bit more? Does that? I mean, but I think you know wide receiver 10, 11 is probably like the upper end of what he would be able to do this year. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I like Bateman. Um, I think. You know, probably high-end wide receiver two production that you're going to get from him all year, but I think it's going to be pretty consistent. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I think that's good for Bateman. Devin Duvernay is a guy that I'm mildly intrigued by, just as a guy to kind of step in and fill in like a number two role in that offense. I think he's going to be super spotty from week to week, but he's a guy that might be on some waivers out there. You know, mm-hmm. so he's a guy that I'm keeping an eye on. Yeah, but why not? But all right, into the rookies. That's why everybody's here. Uh, we got to get through this so that way Austin doesn't riot and leave the show and just get up and walk out. Uh, so we'll start here. Uh, favorite player and team pairings. Uh, who's your first one? Um, my first one's a really weird one, but I think it's a guy where like it, it's Keontae Ingram running back who's, who was taken late by the Cardinals there. Um, listen, I think I've been a very big Keonta Ingram hater for a very, very, very long time. I think he was very average in college. Um, he flashed just often enough to kind of get people excited, but I never thought there was really anything special there. But going to Arizona, they really, really split up that those RB responsibilities like to a T. It's a, they just have this formula where they have kind of a shifty guy between the twenties. And then from 20 to end zone on either side, they kind of use a bruiser. That's where James Conner has really made his hay since he moved over there. And then Chase Edmonds has been the other guy. Conner, you know, getting older, he's he's always been a guy that kind of tends to get banged up a little more because of his play style. And they don't have another guy behind him to take his role if he goes down. They've kind of, when he's done in the past, they kind of just mix in like a Chase Edmonds. They're not as effective in that role. Now they have a guy who can be an Ingram so I think if something were to happen with with Connor, because it, like late and after pick ten in these drafts, like they go just off a freaking cliff, and by the time you get to the late second, you're literally just trying to guess which running back gets hurt next year, and you're <laughs> dabbling in Brian Robinson and Hassan Haskins and Keonta Ingram and Zamir White, and like that's all it is. You're just placing a bet on who gets hurt first next year. I think. Not that I'm rooting for anybody to get hurt, but I'm going to put a bet on it. I think Connor would be a guy that's kind of higher up the list for me, and so I'm probably going to end up with a lot of Keontae Ingram. I think he's like a fourth-round guy in rookie drafts right now. If you're in a C2C league, he probably was rostered, even though he's a guy that we've preached on the show for years, like roster clogger, roster clogger, roster clogger. Um, but I think he's probably cheap enough now where you can probably buy him. for. And, and, and if something happens, like I think you get a – borderline RB one for weeks where James Conner is out. And that's a really valuable guy. Cause he can catch passes too. He caught like 89 passes in his college career or something like that's pretty dang good. So I like, I, I think that he has a role there as uh, something were to happen. And, and I like that fit a lot for him. 
Yeah, I'm really glad that you mentioned him. He's definitely a guy that I was considering here and another guy that I was considering in one of our later segments. Um, But yeah, I I like that fit a lot. Uh, Just one last note on that. Another guy that I'm really intrigued by that went to Arizona, Ronnie Rivers. Um, Yeah, undirected free agent going there, huh? Yeah. Um, You know, they have Eno Benjamin, who is the guy that everybody is thinking is going to be that, you know, Chase Edmonds fill in. But I don't really think that highly of, of Edmonds. And I think Ronnie Rivers' skill set matches what Chase Edmonds was able to do pretty closely. So I think Ronnie Rivers is a guy who's probably going undrafted in your rookie drafts. That I'm pretty sure he is, yeah. Well, yeah, the thing is, if you're in a C2C league, he's like almost he's assuredly owned. rostered. So. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, he will be owned in a, in a C2C league. But you probably could get him for nothing. So that's another guy I'm keeping an eye on there. I like that fit too. Uh, but the guy that I have as my, as my favorite pairing here, Jerome Ford uh, going to Cleveland. Uh, he's a guy that you and I both liked uh, before the draft. Uh, he's a guy that we were always kind of questionable about whether we get day two draft capital or not. Um, and, you know, And I think for what it's worth, this landing spot in Cleveland was as about as good as you could have hoped for given where he got taken in the draft here um, because he's basically going to be the Kareem Hunt replacement. You know, Kareem Hunt is going to be on the last year of his contract this year. Uh, and then I don't imagine they're going to re-sign him. And I think Jerome Ford is just going to step in right into that role. And he'll be the compliment to um, Nick Chubb. Which, you know, you may not love getting a guy who's probably never going to be the lead in that backfield, but Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb both have had usable weeks in the same week sometimes. Cleveland's just a team that likes to run the ball, and they're going to continue to do that. And the pick of Jerome Ford, I think, signals they're not going to miss a beat with that offense. They're going to keep doing the same thing. And Jerome Ford's going to have some nice weeks. Sure, why not? I mean, yeah, like I said, all these guys at that range, you're just basically placing a bet on who gets hurt first. So. Sure. Why not Nick Chubb, who has been banged up, banged up with parts of his career, and yeah, reasonable, yeah. reasonable. The problem with all these bets, though, is that they're all drafted so late that these teams like aren't that attached to them. So unless they just like totally blow the doors up everything, there's literally nothing stopping them from taking a guy who's probably a lot better next year. So that is the downside to this, to all these guys that are late. But you know, you gotta take a chance on somebody at some point. Yeah, you gotta make a draft pick. Yeah, I mean, we hate this class, but you know, unless you trade out, uh, which what our, our draft that we're in um, together right now, you you made your first pick was that in the third round? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. yeah, same. That's how that's all. A lot of my rookie drafts are. I have a handful where I just like never really moved my pick, um, but yeah, the large majority of them, my earliest pick is like the third round. I just totally passed on this draft. Yeah, same. So why not throw some darts at these guys? Um, who's your Who's your next favorite team player pairing? I mean, I could go with another running back that's going late that, that it's a backfield like a Tyler Algier or somebody like that. But I, I think pretty much every every podcast is probably talking about about some of these guys this week. Um, so how about uh, I go with Jalen Tolbert and Dallas? Now, I've kind of gone back and forth in Jalen Tolbert. We talked about him a lot last offseason, the guys we, that we expected to score really, really big. Uh, for your college teams, but we kind of said, you know, South Alabama, like it's very probably not really, you know, quote unquote, an NFL guy because it's really hard to project a, a 
an older G5 guy. He got the senior bowl invite. That was a good sign. You know, went to the combine, did fine, and then and then got decent draft capital with the Cowboys. So they, you know, the third wide receiver spot there is kind of open. They've been known to to you know spread the ball around a little bit. And I think he kind of does fit perfectly into that Michael Gallup-ish role on the boundary where you're kind of, you really only really want him to kind of work deep. Like, I don't think he's going to be doing a lot of stuff with the line of scrimmage. That's okay. That's what you have CD Lamb for. That's what you have um, even Zeke for. So I don't think that that based on what other things they have on the roster, they're not going to ask him to do anything ridiculous. He's going to play a role. He's going to do okay. Does that cap the upside? Yeah, but I think it's a lot better than him going. Like, I think if he had gone to a team that needed a wide receiver too, I think he really would have struggled there because I just don't think that's his thing. But if he's like your third target really on offense, now granted, that might not be great for fantasy purposes, but I do like the, the match with Dallas there a lot. And Dak can push the ball downfield decently. So I think he's a pretty good guy there. Um, and um, I don't know if I'm buying him like because he kind of went earlier and I thought he was going to. Um, but, but I, I don't dislike that landing spot at all. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, you know, they Dallas lost, uh, Amari Cooper. They lost Cedric Wilson, Michael Gallup tore his ACL late. So they're going to need somebody there. I think Dalton Schultz probably going to be the number two option in that passing attack here. But like you said, you don't need Tolbert to really be the number two there. I think he would have struggled in that role. So, uh, at least early on in the season, I think he can have a nice role there. Um, yeah. My next favorite player team pairing here is Cole Turner, tight end, going to Washington. Um, now, Cole Turner's athletic profile was a little bit more disappointing than I thought it was going to be. I, I knew he wasn't like an uber athlete, but he ran a 4.76. It's not good. Um, so he fell in the drafts uh, ended up going in the fifth round there. But the thing I like about this match here is one Logan Thomas tore his ACL uh, late in the season. Um, he went under, he underwent surgery in like middle of December. Uh, so they're going to kind of need a tight end here. Uh, you know, I think that Cole Turner is a kind of guy who could step in and provide a very similar role that Logan Thomas was providing for that offense. And then they also don't really have a big body guy. I mean, they have to, uh, Terry McLaurin. Um, you know, they have they just took Jahan Dotson, but they don't have that big guy. They don't have the red zone guy. I think Cole Turner can step in day one and probably perform that kind of a role. Is he going to be a great blocker? No, probably not. Maybe that keeps him off of the field. But I don't know. Like I said, as far as a receiving option goes, I think he's going to be a, a good receiving option for a tight end. And he's probably going – if he's getting drafted at all, it's probably in the fourth round. He's a, a a player that's gone completely under the radar following the draft here. And he didn't go super late. I mean, it is round five, mm-hmm. granted, but – It's a but, tight end. But, yeah, he's a tight end. None of the tight ends really went early in this draft. Uh, McBride went round two. Was there anybody that went round three? I don't – I think Dolchich. Um, but like, it wasn't like a, a loaded class or a bunch of these guys went early. So, and he's got some pretty good athletic testing numbers and that's really what matters for these guys. And Washington has used that kind of flex tight end in the past. So, um, very reasonable again, in a campus Canton league, he is certainly rostered. So, yes. Yep. Um, 
so we'll just run through here quick our top 12 uh, rookies. And we did this before, um, but some guys have shifted a little bit here. Um, you know, so we can have any discussion on some guys that shifted here for you. But um, I'll let you just run through yours first here real quick. Um, so I refuse to rank 12. There aren't 12 players that are worth a damn in this draft. <laughs> um, but I ranked my top 10 and then that's it. Uh, after that, you're after that, the, the juice trying to figure out the, the difference between them. The juice is just not worth the squeeze. It really, really isn't. Again, it's just placing a bet on who gets hurt first. Uh, Brees Hall, number one, Burks, number two, and Wilson, number three. Those were my three tier one guys. I don't see a reason to, to ding Burks at all. Yes. He went later than Drake London, but pick eight and pick 18 like that is not an appreciable difference in my opinion so um those are my top th my my three tier one grades in the class they stay my top three if i have an option i'm probably taking them unless i'm trying to kind of game theory a draft and hope that that one falls to me four is drake london top 10 falcons i think they'll be bad enough next year to get an upgraded quarterback and that's that'll end up being a good spot uh, uh, for London and, and Pitts there. Jamison Williams at five. I think Detroit was a really good spot for him. My only concern with Jamison Williams in Detroit is how unhappy he looked to have been selected. <laughs> he literally, like, they were trying to, he went up on stage, mean mugged the shit out of everybody, and then the interview tried to ask him questions. He was just like, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and they unveiled him in Detroit, like, yesterday or today, and again, he did not look happy at all. Um, so that is slightly concerning if you're on the Jameson Williams train, but I think he, he gives that offense something that, that they don't necessarily have. Uh, and I think Jared Goff is better than people want to admit. Kenneth Walker, number six. He's not a special running back at all, but that backfield's pretty wide open. I think they're probably committed to him. Um, and, and, and they've been known to run the ball quite a bit. Uh, George Pickens, seven. I think Pittsburgh was a good spot for him because he doesn't have to be an alpha or even a number two right away. He'll step in there as wide receiver three. If Deontay leaves after this year, then he's a starter or you know, whatever they end up figuring out there. But I think he's in a good spot. Number eight is Kenny Pickett. I have a hard time knocking a first round quarterback down too far. And this class is so bad again, that like he's got to go somewhere in the first I've been on the clock. I was on the clock at the one ten yesterday and he was there and I took him in a rookie draft. Cause I was like, what else we got here? Number nine is Chris Olave. I we talked last week or whatever, two weeks ago or whatever, and I said that I really like Chris Olave, and I think I'd end up being higher on him. But then he went eleventh overall. The Saints, I don't think, are a good situation. They are the owner in your dynasty team, or their your C two C team, or, or or league, or whatever kind of league you're in, where they think their roster is really good, but everybody on that damn roster is over the hill, and you know that they are just an inch or two away from falling completely off the side of the cliff. And that is the Saints. They don't realize it yet. They're pushing, pushing, pushing. They they traded an absurd amount of capital for next year and this year to move up, to move around in this draft to take Chris Olave. I. Is Jameis the answer there? Hmm, they're hoping. I don't know if he is long-term. If he's not, they're going to be in some QB trouble for a very long time. Um, so all that to say, like, I just think that landing spot really, really hurts, even though he went early. And I know I'm not a big landing spot guy, but if you just look, like, I think a lot of things have to happen for that to end up being a plus landing spot. And, and with Alave kind of having some other issues, I think he falls in right there. And then Sky Moore in Kansas City in the second round, like, 
sure, why not? You'll probably be like the fourth target there this year, but there's room for growth. And Patrick Mahomes is not going anywhere. So deal with that. Um, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you as far. I mean, I, I have 12 guys on here because I didn't cop out. I actually care about this show. Um, so I, I did care about this guys. show. I don't care about this class. Like this class is just bad. I've been on record for two years saying this class is bad. And the landing spots were even worse than we thought they were going to be for like the large majority of these guys. Like everyone's like, oh, well, you know, if so-and-so goes to this place and it's like, no, he's going to go sit, <laughs> he's going to go sit behind four of the dudes. Like, you don't, you don't love, uh, you don't love Christian Watson to, to Green Bay. Uh, well, I don't like Christian Watson, so no, I don't particularly <laughs> care about him to Green Bay. No. Um, all right, so my top 12 here, top three is exactly the same. Brees Hall, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson. I think, honestly, that's pretty consensus at this point. Um, I mean, you may get the odd person out here who who likes to be hot takey or whatever, but that's pretty much consensus. I think that's a clear-cut top tier. After that, I have Jamison Williams. Um I, I, you know, I don't do body language analysis here like you do. So uh, that's not something I'm factoring in. Um, I think, like you said, he brings something to that offense that they don't have. Jared Goff is better than people want to admit. I think this is actually a good thing for uh, Amon Ross St. Brown as well. Uh, everybody was a little concerned about who was going to end up there. I think those two are going to complement each other very well. Um, you know, once Jameson does get back on the field after recovering from his uh, ACL tear. Um you know, I think he's a dynamic receiver, so I like him a lot. Five, Drake London. Going to Atlanta, he's going to have opportunity to catch a lot of passes. I still just can't shake the whole Marcus Colston thing. I just I don't know if he's going to be able to consistently win on the outside. Um, also, going to Mar with Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota is very much a see-it, needs-to-see-it-to-throw-it type of a quarterback. And Drake London, there's numerous ways to create separation. Um Drake London does it best with it, using his body to box out shield defenders and everything like that. So he's not going to get creation, uh, get separation um, within the route with his foot quickness or anything like that. He's not going to be like wide open very often. So I think Marcus Mariota is probably not going to throw it his way all that often, to be honest with you. I mean, he's going to have to, cause he's really the only target on there, but Mariota will probably want to check it down more often than that. So I struggle to see how he, he impacts in year one, year two, it's an upgraded quarterback. Maybe it's a different story. Um, six, I have Chris Olave. I, I agree with you. I think the Saints need to stop pushing all in here, but that's what they're doing. And it's Chris Olave and Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, we don't know what's going on with him. You know, he missed all year last year. Um, so he could be the number one offense in a Jameis, a number one option in a Jameis led offense, um, or at worst, the number two option in a Jameis led offense. Uh, Jameis likes to sling the rock. So I think he could catch a lot of passes there. Number seven, I have Kenny Pickett. Same deal. Hard to knock a first round quarterback, especially in a draft cap class that looks like this. I think Pittsburgh is, you know, we give them the benefit of the doubt that they know what they're doing. Um, I think they'll set him up as well as they can for success. Do I ever think he's going to be a QB one? No, he's right in that firmly in that Mac Jones tier for me from like last year, but he actually has some better weapons. So um, eight, I have Kenneth Walker. Don't think this landing spot's quite as good as everybody likes to think it is. Um, Seattle spent a first round draft pick on Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny got hurt. You know, Rashad Penny came back. They still didn't really use him that much he's still there chris carson 
still there, I believe. Um, you know, they have a number of other guys. And yes, they spent a lot of draft capital here on Kenneth Walker. They took him in the second, but they've also shown that they don't really care that much about that. They used Chris Carson before. They've used guys like Alex Collins. I, they're just going to play whoever's the best running back. And if that's not Kenneth Walker, then you're kind of burning an early pick. So I don't think this is as good of a landing spot as everybody hopes, but he's still the RB2 in this class right now. Number nine, George Pickens. Uh, I agree. Same kind of a deal with you. You know, he goes into Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh just drafts and develops wide receivers well. Just one of the things they do really well. Um, I think they'll be able to, they've also shown the ability to curb some, um, you know, character concerns and, and to, to handle those things very well. So maybe they can handle Pickens well there. Uh, I think that's about as good of a landing spot as you could have hoped. I think the talent's there. 10, Sky Moore, same deal going to um, Kansas City. It's about as good of a landing spot as you could have hoped for. Got early draft capital. Juju is on a one-year deal. So he could step in and be the wide receiver one there next year. I mean, he'll be behind Kelsey, but still. Uh, 11, Jahan Dotson, first-round wide receiver. Um, you know, going to an offense that has one uh, wide receiver in Terry McLaurin and is kind of searching for another option there. So he could have some nice volume there. And then number 12, I have David Bell. Um, I kind of like that landing spot there in Cleveland. He went day two. It's not as early as I was hoping he would go. The testing was not that great, um, but it'll be him and Amari. And once Sean Watson comes back, he'll be catching passes from Watson. It's not a high volume offense, but I trust Watson to get him the ball. I think he'll be steady. Um, so yeah, I like David Bell there. I don't like David Bell anywhere. I know you don't. It's like green eggs and ham. It's like, would you like him on the Browns? No, I would not like him on the Browns. Would you, it's like, <laughs> would you like him on the bears? No, I would not like him on the bears. No. Um, all right. Well, we quickly ran through our our things here. Does anything stand out to you other than you only having ten guys? Um, it's not really. I mean, I kind of talked about the you know what you, what you're doing after the first couple picks. I think it is good to see that for the most part, um, all these all these pre draft mock drafts that had Desmond Ritter and Malik Willis and and Sam Howell and Matt Corral. Like, I'm glad that you don't see them touching the first round at all anymore for good reason. Um, Malik Willis can still sneak into the first. Oh, I have not seen him there. But He just did an ours. Someone took Kenny Pickett 103 in that league, so I'm not <laughs> totally like, you know, it's a home league. It's not, not high expectations here. Um, so who took Malik? And this is like no one cares. Uh, I don't know. If you don't know off topic, it's fine. Yeah, I'll, 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 we'll talk it off air. Um, so, no, I, I mean, there's, there's really nothing else to say. Um, just kind of, you know, wet fart noise when I think <laughs> about the rest of this class, really. Yeah, um, I'm with you there, but we still got to give the people something here. Um, so we'll give them two late round, two of our top late round targets, and then we'll get the people out of here. I don't have uh, to do anything first off. Just throw that out there. Well, so, don't tell me how to live my life. Uh, in other news, I am looking for a new co-host. Uh, Mike Valerie has put in his application. Uh, we are reviewing that one at this time. All right. 
you want to go ahead and, and give the people uh, at least one, at least one late round op- option you're looking at? Uh, Kenneth Ingram. I already talked about it. No. Um, how about Romeo Dubs? I mean, going to Green Bay. Like, I don't think Dubs is a great player. Alfred and I argued about him all the time here at Camps to Canton because <laughs> um, he really only ever flashed when Cooks was out. Their other kind of big name wide receiver there. Um, but it honestly wouldn't shock me if he ends up having a better career than Christian Watson. Like, Watson is going to be all or nothing. I lean nothing at the moment. Um, and I think Dubs, he, you know, he can do some special team stuff. He'll make the roster. And, I mean, he's, he's competing against Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. Sammy Watkins. Watt, Watson and Sammy Watkins, and that's it. I mean, it's not uh, a murder's row, a who's who of scary wide receivers. So I think he can earn himself a role. And he very much, I will say, when he was with Carson Strong, like they kind he really had Strong's trust. Like anytime Strong was in a pickle, he kind of just did like the effort, I'm gonna find Romeo Dubs. And so I you know, Rogers kind of gets locked on to guys if he trusts them. If he builds up that trust, then I think that uh we could see that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. He was a guy that I was considering here too. Um I think that Everybody's going to want to go with Christian Watson and Christian Watson did get the draft capital. So if you gun to my head, pure vacuum, maybe take pick between Christian um, Watson and Romeo dubs, all things being equal. Like I don't have to pick at a specific spot or anything like that. Um, I would take Watson, but it's not, I don't feel that great about it. And for their price, Dubs is going way later. I would way rather Dubs. Um, my top late round target is Hassan Haskins running back Tennessee. Uh, like you were talking about, you're kind of just playing the which running back do we think is going to get hurt game. Um, and Derrick Henry got hurt at the end of last year. I'm not predicting Derrick Henry is going to get hurt, but the backfield behind him completely thinned out. Um, and Hassan Haskins, I think it steps into that immediate number two role. I think he can serve that thumper kind of a role that they want in that offense. Um, and I think he could provide the same Hassan Haskins could provide the same numbers that you got out of Donta Foreman last year. If, if there is an injury. So he's a guy who's going pretty late. He's a guy that I'm interested in there. Yeah. Um, I think he's like, as we thought, you know, James Connor, you know, he feels like a good, a good guy to bet on getting hurt it kind of feels like derrick henry could be headed that way too as i'm for like I, I i worry about him yeah agreed um do you have another one here do you want me to hit my second one because this one second one's a guy that i'm excited about it, i mean i i i think like a lot of the value in these drafts is just hitting hitting on one of these running backs late it's an ingram it's a tyler algier it's a basically every running back that went late, except for well, Tyrion Davis Price, who didn't go that late. But the fact that he <laughs> went in the third round is just the stupidest, stupidest thing I've ever seen. Stop letting, stop letting the, them take a freaking running back in the third round. It's, it's never going to work. Between um, um, Sermon, Sermon, and they took uh, Joe um, Williams or whatever as well. Oh yeah, the, that um, was the first one. Years ago. Oh yeah. man, yeah, out of Utah, right? Yeah, they need that to was stop. The f- Stop letting Shanahan. The first one Kyle Shanahan really pounded the table for. I yeah. fell for that one. Yeah. So they, they need to stop that. I took him earlier than I should have. Um, 
My next guy here I'm pretty excited about, actually. Uh, it's a guy that I haven't really heard anybody else talk about. It's Danny Gray, uh, wide receiver from SMU, got drafted um, by the 49ers. They got taken day three, so they didn't put a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of capital in him here. But if they do move Debo, the wide receiver room there, it's Ayuk and then nobody else. Uh, I think Gray brings us the skill set that they're kind of looking for. Um, he is fast. Yeah, I think he ran a four 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 three, um, and he brings a lot after the catch as well. Um, so I think he can do, he's not going to be Debo obviously, but he can do what they want him to do in that offense. Um, he went the Juco route at first cause he couldn't get academically eligible. Uh, but then he ended up at SMU and put up a lot of nice numbers, uh, there. And he ran a late four, three, um, 40 time. Um, I just pulled that one up, but yeah, I mean, speed guy catches the ball. Well, dangerous after the catch and if that opens up i think he's a guy that i like a lot and i don't think he's going drafted at all he's kind of a yukish i mean he, yeah he really is um sure yeah i think he fits what they want in that offense i'm shocked how much buzz he ended up getting and he did end up going later like some people were saying he was going to creep into like the, the bottom around too um being a juco guy and he never he did lead smu this year but i think like it's like he blew the doors off of things in SMU. It's just very surprising to me uh, that that he was a guy that ended up getting some buzz, and now it's kind of flipped to the opposite again. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I think he's a value right now. Um, I I don't think I'd actually heard any buzz about him, but I also didn't pay all that, all that close of attention to a lot of NFL news this year from like analysts or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Not as much as I normally do. Yeah, that's true. Um, last guy that I wanted to highlight is my guy, Ja'Shawn Corbin. Um, he went undrafted, but he went to the Giants. Uh, and they have, again, nothing in that backfield. Saquon Barkley was banged up a little bit last year. If he gets banged up again, could see Ja'Shawn Corbin step into a starting role. Uh, so that's another guy that I'm interested in. But that is you, you, you've been You've been so on the Ja'Shawn Corbin train that now you can't stop it. Yeah, but any spot. Undrafted, so probably not going to do much. But he's, he's I think he's a better player than Wayne Goleman. And Wayne Goleman put up some nice weeks last year. Or no, not Wayne Goleman, um, Devontae Booker. Wayne Why Goleman not? was two years ago. Yeah. I bought him pushing for a ship a couple years ago down the stretch. Didn't work out. Uh, all right. Well, that is going to do it for us here tonight. Uh, check out the other shows on the Family of Pods. You got Chase and Natty dropping Monday, Campus Life Tuesdays, Debbie Debate Wednesdays, Hero RB Show featuring Noah Hills dropping on Thursdays, Future Freshman coming on Fridays, Canton Bound. This show can also come to you on Fridays. Uh, we got a ton of other great content over on the YouTube channel. Uh, fantasy football roundtable that we talked about a little bit earlier. The official is on a little bit of a hiatus, but they will be back shortly. Uh, we're always dropping. What does it mean? News. Um, check out the, uh, check out the Felix dropping those over there, you know, bringing as soon as this news drops, it's breaking down what it means for you. 
But that's going to do it for us here tonight. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And have a good one.